Jess, we're flying solo today. Yeah, I hope we hit all the buttons correctly. I, I don't I don't trust that we did, but it was one button. It was green and now it's red, which I think means it's recording. I was like, it changed. It did. It changed. Or it was recording our whole pre-conversation. Oh. Which would be a hot disaster. That'd be that'd be great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jeff, like, if that You guys happened, have silly conversations. Woo, that's uh you thought that cake versus pie was weird. You have um, no idea. The uh <laughs> the other the other thing is I can hear you in my headphones. I can also hear you. So, so I, I feel like our, we're doing good. Our mics are on, our headphones are working. <laughs> check and check. I think we're, this is People don't understand that when you do a podcast, it's not about just having two people sit in front of microphones and talk. Jeff isn't on the mic much, but he makes this thing happen. Yeah. And we're trying to go with that. There's no drops. You're not going to, although Jeff can put that in in post-production. So maybe he'll put a little irk in He's there. He's not going to. He's not going to. He's no. just going to take it and He's put on vacation. It on the Let him just have a break. He is. And that's why we're in here flying solo. Yes. And so um, that gives people also an idea that he wasn't here this past week. He wasn't here this past weekend in Montgomery leading worship. Mm-hmm. Um, who did lead worship this past weekend? Do you know? We're doing it before the weekend happens. So nope. it's, I don't, let me see. I think Lauren. Oh yeah. I think, I think Lauren so. is going to be here. Yes. Oh, that's cool. I don't know who all, uh, the team that Jeff built for her, well, but I believe that Lauren usually fills in. Yeah. Lauren normally, and she's so good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, in Beacon this past weekend, Josue was back. That's fun. So he's been on, uh, he had he's a been baby, gone. He had a right? baby. Well, I mean, he didn't, he. He held his wife's hand. He held his wife's uh, hand while she did the hard work. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was cool to have Josue back this past weekend. And he's he did his thing again. And uh, yeah, fun stuff. Fun right. stuff. We miss Jeff. We need Jeff. How are you doing? I'm fine. Yeah, I've been traveling a little bit, so I haven't seen you. Yeah, I know. I was like, are we recording? Because you got home at like, I didn't uh, even know you were home. You, you didn't know? even know I was back. Yeah, no. I texted you and like, hey, do you want to record today? And you went, oh. Uh, sure. Because I thought about texting you yesterday, but the plane landed after 11 o'clock and I'm like, she's I was, probably asleep. I was sleeping. Yeah. I've been trying to be much better with my sleep. Yeah, I've you been read a super, book. I always read the book, but... Did the book help you with the sleep? The book always helps me with the sleep. It always helps me. It, it's not that it helps you with sleep. It just helps me reprioritize the sleep. Oh, I see. You know, see. it's like, you know, when you're sitting there at 10 o'clock at night and you really do want to watch one more show, like you're yeah. not quite unwound and you're not quite tired. Yeah. But you're like, I really should... Watch the other show. Oh, and lay in my bed. That's not what I would have done. So, yeah, well, a, a lot of times I don't, but yeah. I'm trying. But again, it helps you like rehab that conversation with yourself. I get it. Again and again. So it. I've been trying to be in bed by 10, Ooh. 15. Ooh, that's early. So I know. Uh, well done. <laughs> I know because I would stay up till midnight every night. You know, when I was in Arizona, um, I found myself going to bed between 9 and 10 because of the time difference. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was getting up early and I'm thinking it's it like changes the rhythm of your life to get up early like that. And and when you wake up like rested. I know. I've forgotten what that was like. (laughs) Although waking up rested, that only happened once or twice. I was in a training for a few of those days. I wasn't down there for vacation. Right. And so uh, then those uh, aero leadership program. It's, it's an incredible intense. program, but it's an intense. They call it an intensive yeah. on purpose. And uh, but so good. Arizona is a Arizona in April is stunning. Oh, my goodness. What is there to look at? The desert. The desert is so, <laughs> it's not sounding intriguing. Here's the thing. I grew up in the desert. OK, I hated the desert. As an adult, going back and seeing the desert after having lived in the Northeast, I get it. I get why it's so attractive. There is a beauty to it. Um, the wildlife is incredible. 
I've got a video of a little lizard that came. I went on a hike, didn't make it all the way up. They left me. Um, <laughs> but while I was sitting there catching my breath and not dying on the side of Camelback Mountain, um, I hear a rustle in the, uh, not like a person rustle, not your family, but R U S T L E. I hear a rustle in the grass over there. And in Arizona, that's an alarm bell because you never know what's going to come well, out of that. Whatever grass. it is, it's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. Uh, except this was the rare thing that's not going to kill you uh, because it's too scared of you to come near you. Uh, it was this really big lizard came out of there. It looked like a small Gila monster. And I know it wasn't a Gila monster, but it looked like a small Gila monster it comes crawling out of there. And uh, I'm, I'm watching it on camera because it's beautiful. And it starts walking towards me. And that's when I get nervous. So I start backing up a little bit. And in my movement, he he saw me. He hadn't seen me before. And he stops and he looks at me. And then he goes the other way. He's like, I'm not messing with this guy. No, because I'm a scary individual to a, you know, three-inch like, lizard. Yeah, you're much bigger much than him. Much bigger than him. Um, but yeah, it's, there is a beauty to the desert. And it's it was a I'll gorgeous time of it. year. Um, you know, when the high is in the high 80s, but it's dry, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It started to get into the mid nineties by the time I left, and that's a little less gorgeous. That's just you now you're starting to get 50 to hot. Here. 50. I know. I'm it's looking cold. back and going, "Ooh, it was uncomfortable." I, my wife sent me a picture of Ellie playing, and she was in a coat, and I'm going, mm-hmm. "Oh wow, this is this is different." But um, yeah, it was a good it was a good trip. It was a good trip. Beautiful out there. Really good intensive, and uh, and I wasn't in fifty degree New York weather, which was kind of a nice break. You were. I'm just grumbling at you. I know. There's a growl and your arms are crossed and there's, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'll uncross All right. them. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get to work. <laughs> so while I was in Arizona, I had the privilege of going back to my mom's church. Uh, I'd only been there once before. But um, after the Aero Intensive, you know, my mom lives just south of Phoenix and I was just north of Phoenix. And so... Um, we hung out, we went to Antelope Canyon, which is amazing. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It is astounding. Antelope? Antelope Canyon. Okay. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. I'll show you some of the pictures. Not, not the listeners. They they have to Google that it. That would be very challenging. That would be really hard because this is an audio show and not a video show. Yeah. And that's not how ears and eyes work. But, yeah. um, you know, and then we come back and hang out for a bit and then church Sunday morning. Go to her church. It's uh, one of our cousin churches, not sister church, not EPC, but PCA. So okay. these are fellow Presbyterians um, and people who may know about the mainline church that's very liberal. This is not that. This is one of our more conservative uh, counterparts. Really great people in the PCA. We went there um, and it was a cool experience. It was a really cool experience. And it is a what they've done is they've taken a large space in an office park and they've turned that into their sanctuary. Yeah. So, you know, when you have, you go to a place and it's just all these kinds of different office buildings and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an office park. Um, And so they've taken a corner and a pretty sizable section of this office park and that's what they've turned into their church. And so it's not a church building. It's not what it was built for. It was built to be a large office building. Right. And they've transformed it. And uh, so you go in and lots of natural light all around the outside, as you would in an office building. But the sanctuary is a little bit inside a little bit. And uh, you go through the doors 
and they have um, a black ceiling. It's actually been painted black because you can see the uh, the pipes and stuff that have gone through. It's all been painted black. Okay. And I thought when I initially went in, I was like, ooh, this place is going to get really dark. But there's tea lights all over the ceiling. And it brings this really cool lighting into the room that's not like a fluorescent light. But it's a warm light and you can see everybody the entire time. Um, and still, the, the, the front is lit up a little bit more. And, mm-hmm. and it was a great service. Um, if you're in Beacon, it would have been a familiar service because a lot of the liturgy pieces are similar to what we do in Beacon. Um, wonderful worship leader. Oh, my gosh. Great worship leader. Um, the sermon was out of uh, Genesis. He's doing a series through Genesis. And um, he was doing Joseph and Potiphar's wife, which can go in a whole lot of different directions. But mm-hmm. he did a good job with it. Um, paper bulletins which I hadn't seen in a minute, wow. uh, but it was kind of cool. And was like, oh, this is helpful. And some took a couple pictures of things I'm gonna, that I brought back to Goodwill and be like, hey, what about this? Or what, what, you know, it's always learning from other churches. Yeah. It was a really cool worship experience in a different space than what we have here at Goodwill because it's all of our church buildings, with one exception, are designed to be churches. churches. And in New Paltz, which was designed to be a restaurant, theater, all mm-hmm. kinds of different things, has a ton of natural light in it. Right, so, so big, yeah, huge windows. Big windows. So we, we'll, we'll get to light in a second why I keep harping on that. Um, but it reminded me that you also had a cool church experience down in Florida when you were down there for Holy Week. I did. We um, went church shopping again. I feel like we always feel like we find it, and then we go a couple times, and we're like, nope, that's just still not it. <laughs> so we were uh, going through... Uh, like Google Maps, looking at the churches, oh, yeah, going yeah. on websites. My grandmother said that she has friends that go to this church. So, and she said, I don't know. Anyway, so we go to this church. <laughs> she knows nothing about it other than she says it has good music. And I was like, oh, like a lot of people, that's sure. what they would say about mm-hmm. Goodwill. And that's what brought them to Goodwill is right? I heard it had good music. So I was like, all right, we'll try this church out. Go on their website. It looks acceptable. Well, you know, sometimes you go on church websites and you're like, that's, that's not my church. Okay, yeah, I can just tell enough. right off the bat that that yeah. is not my church. Yeah. But you All went right. and you're like, it could kind of go. It was like ambiguous, maybe yeah. could kind of go either way. Okay. I said we could go and it could be a little bit outside of my comfort zone uh-huh. or we could go. It could be exactly what I was looking for. Right. So we go. It's, I don't even know what it was. It wasn't a church. It's not a church, like a traditional church building. But when you go, it's all open air space. There's coffee. That's It's Florida. Mm-hmm. So the weather's beautiful. Sure. It's all outside. Ooh, nice. They have a separate, you know, like kind of uh, across from each other. The sanctuary is on one side. And then on the other side, it kind of looks like a hotel or like oh. where there's like the stairs that go upstairs. And there's all rooms downstairs and rooms oh, okay. upstairs. Like but like, you know, lots of spaces and stuff for... Sunday school rooms. Uh, yeah, but they're Sunday school rooms. Okay, so, you gotcha. know, they, they showed me where the kid check was. Nice. And, you know, I got to, you know, just like just like here. And they showed me where to put the kids. They had a separate, they have a coffee, like a coffee place. Ooh. They have like the free coffee. But yeah. then they also have the coffee bar where you can go and buy your good, good coffee. And in that same room, they had a sanctuary just for middle school and high schoolers. And yeah. they have their own worship service. And they yeah. have like, they do the, the worship uh, band, and then they have a pastor that preaches yeah, we, just for them. And I was like, that was kind of cool. When I was in college, 
Um, we, I, I was at a church, pretty large Southern Baptist church. I don't know if they're Southern Baptist. They're con- like Southern Baptist adjacent. Uh-huh. Um, and that's what we did. In fact, I was on the worship team for the high school youth group. Okay. And um, the junior high had its own thing, but you wouldn't go into the main sanctuary. You'd go right to the youth area. And it was a full worship team, full sermon. The whole It was a church service mm-hmm. specifically for that age group so that they could preach about things that were a little bit more applicable directly to the experiences of junior hires and high yeah. schoolers. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've seen that before. It's a cool thing to do I was to like, do p- part like of that. me was, you know, like, I don't like splitting the church. Sure. Right? Like, they are members of yep. the church, and so they should be with the church. But I hope, would hope that they have opportunities to be with the church in different well, different services, you know, like I was just there on Palm Sunday. It wasn't Easter. Yeah. So, but there's, there's theological reasons for this. And this helps us bridge into really what we're talking about mm-hmm. here with theology of space and stuff like that, which I don't think people necessarily think about. Um, but there's, there's theological commitments that will allow you to do some things. So we raise up covenant families, mm-hmm. right? So in the Presbyterian tradition, this is part of why we baptize our, our infants, um, we believe that God works through families. He worked through a family, through Abraham's family. He worked through a family, Mary, Joseph, Jesus. Families are central to God's work, and the covenant family then becomes the covenant nation in Israel and then expands beyond that to include the Gentiles. But it's there's a family tie here mm-hmm. that that knits us all together, and what we call that is the family of God. We're the covenant people. We're the covenant family. And so when we baptize our infants in, we're saying they're a part of the covenant community. They're part of right. our family. We're a, raising the, the them visible, as Christians. The visible family. Right. This is the visible church. They're a part of this with all of its rights and responsibilities. And when we confirm our children, they actually become members of the church. Mm-hmm. And so they have all the rights and responsibilities of communicant members in the church. And so there's this interesting... Um, way that we do things where the family is so important in, and I'm not saying it's not important in other, I'm just saying the way we do that then is we worship together. Right. And um, you, you'll notice here at Goodwill, you get, your kids get to a certain age. They're not going to Sunday school anymore. They're in the worship right. service with the family. And um, in other traditions though, it's not treated that way. Um, you know, they, you try and make sure your kid gets saved at a certain point. And like, you, you want your kids to get saved. I'm not saying you don't, but right. there's a different ethos. You're not raising them as Christians. You're raising them as uh, they could become Christians one day, whereas we raise them as Christians. Um, so it's a different mentality. Mm-hmm. So you can worship differently. You worship separately from one another because that theological commitment doesn't force you together the way that ours does. Right. So there is a theo- like you're saying something theologically. Yeah. When you have different worship spaces for different people. Yeah. But when we were there, I'm dropping her off. And I was like, I would have dropped her off. If it was Sunday school, I'd have dropped her off. I mean, yeah. I didn't like particularly like that they had no worship experience. Like they weren't there for the beginning prayers and, and yeah. music. Um, but whatever. So Mitch went to Sunday school. Natalie went to her church service. And I walk into the sanctuary and it is just dark like going to a concert no windows everything is like you said you know all the it's kind of industrial so everything uh up top is all painted black the music was excellent the music was excellent it was like song selection was good the uh level of execution was very good not distracting except for 
the volume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, you know, it just, for me, detracted so much. Because I mm. felt like I was, I was like, if this was Wednesday night, I'd love it. If this was like a Wednesday night, you know, prayer and worship service, great. Bring it all right. day long like that. But like on a Sunday morning, I don't want it dark because mm. I'm not at a concert. I'm worshiping with my people and I want to see them and, yes. and be with them. And I don't want it to be like so loud that it's hurting. Like that, so, that, like the only thing that was distracting about the service was the volume of it. Yeah. And, and there is, again, here's some theological commitment that should dictate how we approach the space and even the sound in the space. Mm -hmm. I have heard people say, well, Goodwill, the music's really loud. And my response often is, I don't think you've been to some of the churches I've been to. I mean, there are occasions when it is there are. loud. There was but... a there was a moment I remember there was a service where we had a guest worship leader come in, and um, that guest worship leader comes from a different tradition, and there's a different way that you do it, and it is very loud. Because mm -hmm. here's what you do: you make the music loud for a reason, because in it, I've been in worship spaces my whole life, so I, uh -huh. I, know, I know some of the the discussions around this. You make it really loud so that people feel comfortable singing loudly because they know nobody's going to hear them. Mm -hmm. So it's an idea of if it's loud in here, people will sing more freely because they're not concerned they're going to embarrass themselves if they can't sing well. They're just going to participate. I get it. I was like, I get that. But then it's just you worship, like you just wanting to feel like you're by yourself worshiping. Yes. Which is that's exactly like that's the what exact they're after. opposite of corporate worship. But you don't have us in a lot of these churches, you don't have a strong emphasis on corporate worship. You have a strong emphasis on my experience with the Lord while I'm in worship. Whereas our understanding of worship is not about your personal experience. I hope you have a good experience. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want you to have a bad experience, but it's about our experience. It's about our experience with God and our experience with one another. Right. Experience isn't bad. It's just that how we think that through theologically matters. Yeah. Which is why you're saying you're worshiping with your people. You're not at a concert. So a concert is a great sidebar here because when you go to a show, you go to watch and sometimes you sing along. I've been to a lot of concerts. You sing along, but you're not in the band. You're there right. paying to watch the band play. And uh, sometimes it's really worth it. Once in a while, it's not. But most of the time, <laughs> it's really worth it. And it was a great experience. And you sang along. And really good bands do their best to try and include you in the experience. And it's awesome. But it's a show. Yeah. And that can happen when the room is pitch black and the lights are only in one place. Yeah. Because um, I can assume it was really well lit in that space for the It, it was. And I'll say there are definitely, when you go to some churches and the worship band is performing for the congregation. Sure. They were not like that at all, which was to me like a little disconnected because like they really, they were very worshipful. They were very like not over the top, not, you know, dramatic and showy. It was it, like, it was all good, but turn on the lights, which they did for the sermon. Yeah. As soon as, you know, this, as soon as the, the musical portion in the beginning was over and the, the pastor came out, there was, you know, reading of the word and the preaching, like the lights came up for all of that, but it was dark for worship. And yeah. for me, it was just like, everything about this is really good. Like I would, I'm, I'm still going to go back to that church again. Sure. That, you know, the, the preaching it's was some of the, the best preaching I've heard in God. Florida, but it just like, for me, it was just like, leave the lights on so yeah. I can be with my people and yeah. 
turn the volume down just a little. And I, I wanna I want people to see this is not about just preference. Because there are questions around preference. Yeah. This is there are some theological questions that are provoked by here. What are we communicating right. by the way we use our space? Right. Uh, we don't use our space arbitrarily. It there's a reason behind why we do the things that we do. Um one of the things I've I've said repeatedly here at Goodwill, one of the reasons I fell in love with the sanctuary in Montgomery is because it looks like a church building. Yeah. You walk in and it feels like a sanctuary. It's built as a sanctuary. Right. And uh, I'm, you know, I was here long after the building was designed and and built. But I love it because when you walk in, it feels like a church. Yeah. And one of the magical things we've done in New Paltz, which is I I don't know how we've pulled it off, but we have. When you walk in, it feels like a church. Yeah. Um, particularly when you go upstairs into the sanctuary, it feels like a sanctuary. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know how they pulled that off because it was a theater and then a steakhouse and like it's been all these other things. Right. But they've done a really good job of making it feel like a worship space. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I I think we don't consider often how space communicates something about God. In fact, you were sharing something earlier. I don't know if you want to read it. Oh, the thing that um, but, I found? Yeah, you found this cool thing from Ligonier. You want me to read the whole thing or just the ending part? I mean, read read, read as much as you think I'll just, people will listen to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. I'll read that just, <laughs> that. just the <laughs> end. Oh, okay. And we're done. Okay. All right. So I, it doesn't say who wrote this. Otherwise, I would be giving them credit. But it's Ligonier, so we'll... But it's, on, it's yeah. on Ligonier. It says, as architecture is an art form, churches have been built... Blah. Churches have been built to communicate truths about God. Lofty ceilings and Gothic cathedrals, for example, convey a sense of the transcendence of the Lord. Many churches have been built in the shape of crosses, for it is only in the shadow of our Savior's atoning death that we can have access to our Creator's presence. No matter how we build our sanctuaries, they will convey something about God to the people who gather there. Many, oh, may these buildings convey what is true, what is good, and what is beautiful. I love that. Me too. Our buildings communicate something about God. Um, I love sanctuaries, and and it's not always possible, but I love sanctuaries that force the eyes up. Because mm-hmm. that's, when you go into, and I'll just use Montgomery again as an example, but really all of our locations, they're high ceiling. Mm-hmm. And whenever you're in a high ceiling place, your eyes naturally drift upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, it is nice when they drift upwards and they see something more than like a drop ceiling. Um, but like just a high ceiling, your, your eyes drift up and you see space mm-hmm. and you see and you feel a uh, an appropriate smallness in that space. You realize how small you are in there. That communicates. Yeah. It immediately communicates um, where, you know, I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? There's a, in the Psalms, your eyes are constantly being lifted up to where God is. It doesn't mean that God is literally up. It's a demonstration of his majesty and greatness compared to our smallness. Right. And our church buildings can communicate that if it's too dark or if it's, you know, this is one of the struggles we had in the Elks Lodge when we were in Beacon, like it was. It was a it was a basement. It was a smaller space. You weren't looking up at anything. Um, it didn't feel like that. It was intimate, but it didn't have that sense of church when right. you went in. Because the the space matters. It, it communicates something about who God is. What are some of the things that you've seen in church that you're like, that communicates something about God? I like um, the wind. Now, I love stained glass. And I mm-hmm. think that that mm-hmm. can definitely... <laughs> 
be a distraction or communicate something about God, depending yes, on the stained glass. Yep. But, um, and I, I do miss the historic sanctuary for like worshiping there regularly, yeah. but the windows in Montgomery, I have come to love oh, yeah. like that. You can just see nature. Yeah. Like e even when the weather's terrible, it's still gorgeous. Yeah. You know, like, and it just, just reminds you of like mm -hmm. how good God is to us. So, you know, when you you see the sun rises and the sun sets and like on a Saturday night oh, it's gorgeous. In, the, in the moonlight and the snow is falling. It's just, it's beautiful. It's, it's the best. It's like, it's another part of worship. Yes. It, it kind of welcomes general revelation into the space where yes. special revelation is happening, right? It's, it's beautiful. Just magical. Um, I remember I was in San Diego in college and I was a part of a chamber choir and we did a tour of a bunch of churches in Southern California. And we were in this town called Cardiff by the Sea and um, singing in this church. <laughs> and I remember the pastor talking about how hard it was to preach in this church because behind the pulpit, behind the chancel, and I'll, I'll explain words here in a minute. I want to okay. talk about that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that is. Behind that. So behind him mm -hmm. is nothing but windows, right? Oh. And you can see nature. And you can see the sea and you can see the, the, and, and it's, it was different because it was like pine trees and then sea. It was this really cool. Um, he's saying, my people are constantly looking past me <laughs> and it's like, I'm preaching and they're just looking at nature behind me. And he's like, it's so distracting sometimes because it's so beautiful back there mm -hmm. that there was so like, maybe there is a negative, but I love it. I love combining what God has built into what we have built. Because what we're building in our church buildings ought to communicate the glory and beauty of God. And God right. as creator ought to be on display in some of the ways that we create our buildings. So when we built Montgomery with all these big windows, you see creation. Yeah, yeah. you also see traffic. So be yeah. it. Like you see, you, uh, my favorite nights are winter nights mm -hmm. when the snow is coming down. It is just so cool to to be there worshiping or to be preaching and to see the snow coming down outside. There's something magical about that. You're right. It's yeah. beautiful. Just it, like all, all, all year long, there's always something like a different, I don't know. Yeah. A, a little different something that the seasons bring to the feeling of that yeah. sacred space. Well, and I, I what I want to do is I want to encourage, I want to encourage all our listeners a lot of us probably haven't thought about this before. It's just the church is just where we go to church. Right. I want to encourage them to ask the question, what does this building communicate about God? Just ask the question. I don't know if I have an answer for you. I just want you to wrestle with the question. I want you to mm -hmm. think through the question. When you come in, say, what does this space tell me about God? And what does this tell me about what this church believes about God Right. as well? That That's also important. And what does this church building tell me about what this church believes about one another is this an individualistic space can i come in here and disappear into my own personal experience with jesus a lot of churches you can do that because the lights are off the stage is lit up it's about my experience here and you lose sight of all the people around you we don't let you do that at goodwill like you are very much exposed here you're a part of a group of people <laughs> and the music isn't so loud 
so that you can't hear one another sing. Mm-mm, you that can is, hear people sing. You can definitely hear. And that's like so part, of, part of my favorite yeah. when when I get to uh, help lead worship uh-huh. is like hearing the people sing. And it's it's cool. It's amazing. Because there's a oneness in this. We mm-hmm. are the communion of saints. We are fellowshipping together. It's a togetherness that, I mean, the unity of the people in song and the unity of the people, yes, in receiving the word. Yeah. It's about, we're separate from one another six days a week, man. Like once a week, we need to be reminded, I'm together with my people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's key. That's huge. And I want to segue now into something that is going to just bore everyone to death, but I think it's so important. So this is... Where are you taking us? Taking us to words. I'm taking oh, us that, to What was words. the word you said before? Well, there's lots of words, and I want to explain yeah, what the, they are. I want to okay. go through them real quick. Um. We have a weird vocabulary in the church that we don't use at Goodwill um, necessarily, but I want to talk about why words are important and why we need to maybe consider changing some of our vocabulary a little bit because it communicates things. You're going to be like when, when the kids are like learning Spanish and you tag everything with like the Spanish name of it. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, we <laughs> la, can do la that. Basura. Yeah, no, that'd be, I like that. <laughs> um, when you enter in, to our church buildings, any of our church buildings, you don't immediately go into the sanctuary. Right. None of our buildings do you walk right into the sanctuary. There is always a narthex or a vestibule, but normally a narthex. Now, I don't, it doesn't matter that it's called <laughs> narthex. It does matter that it's not called a lobby. Yeah. Like what we would call the rotunda, I think is right. the area, that area and of what I, you're talking about. I don't about. mind the word rotunda because rotunda is a different word. It's a, you don't use like, I went to the hotel and entered the rotunda. You don't, you enter into the lobby or you go into a business, but you enter into a lobby. It's you go like to a the, doctor's. Right. It's what a place, are you doing? You what, wait. You wait. It's a place where you are, you know, hope to get out of there as quickly as possible. Right. What is the narthex or the rotunda of a church? They're for social, they're for, for community, for socializing. Yes. It matters that we don't call it a lobby. The main event is not in the sanctuary. The whole thing is the main it's, event. Right. It's all part, part of the different. Every aspect of it matters. Yeah. The fellowship of the saints is a part of what we do together, which means it's not just an entryway and it's not a lobby. Right. It is. It it's is not a place p- to wait for church to be over. Right. Um, similar, more language. Where Now, this is different in the Catholic church. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to talk about our place. Uh, in in the Reformed tradition, Presbyterian tradition, the front where the pastor preaches and where the worship team leads. They don't call it the platform? It's not a platform. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call it. And it's not a stage. Well, I, yeah. It's a chancel. Oh, the chancel. That's the word you chancel. used before. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And I, there's a, I, so I'm one of the only people here that uses this language, but there's a reason I do it. And I'm not just being weird. Well, I am being weird. I'm telling you, weird. make a little sign and just put it on there. Chancel. Yeah. Why don't we call it a platform? Or why shouldn't we call it a platform? I don't. Please tell me because I call it a platform. So well, I don't know. I probably still will. But. What is a platform? An elevated space. An elevated space. But how do we use it today? I. I mean, for performance. Yes. What is a stage for? For performance. For performance. I go to performances all the time. Maybe the platform is just, it's it's for elevation, so it's easier for people to say. Yeah, sure. But anyway, keep but going. But, Tell me about the chancel. But in the chancel, the pastor, while he may be elevated by literal elevation, mm-hmm. he might be a few feet above, 
he's not supposed to, or in other churches, she's not supposed to be elevated. There is a function, a service function. You bring the word of God and you do it in a way that everybody can see it. But the chancel really is also where the table is supposed to be. This is where Christ is. He is the one who is elevated. And when we use language like platform or stage, our eyes are turned to the people who are doing the service, not to the Christ who is being exalted. Language matters. And especially the one that I really don't like, like platform I've gotten used to because it's part of the language here. (laughs) I cannot stand stage. Yeah. It is not a stage. Performers perform on a stage. Pastors are not performers. Musicians are not to be performers in the church. We are servants. We're called to serve by bringing Christ forward through the word and through the sacrament. Right. And, and so that language matters. It's a chancel because this is where Christ is exalted. It's not a platform where a person is exalted, and it's definitely not a stage where a performance is being done. Right. It's a chancel. Um, the other one, another one, it's not a podium. It's a pulpit. Yes. Because a podium is where you receive a lecture. And this is a lecture that is going to intellectually stimulate you. A pulpit is where the word of God holistically engages the whole person and transforms them by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not just a lecture. This is something people mess up about sermons. It's not just about information. Right. Like if you want just more information, there's great books, there's great there's, there's great pl- lectures there's pl- from a podium. Like right. you can do that. It is a pulpit where the word of God is preached. It's not. It's a sermon. It's not a talk, right? right? Like these are certain things that we have a weird language because we're doing something different in worship than we do anywhere else in the world. You can go listen to a lecture or a TED talk. That's great. It's not what a sermon is supposed to be. A sermon is a different function. The chancel has a different function than a stage or a platform. The narthex has a different function than the lobby. And the language we use is theologically weighted. Yeah. Because if you're thinking of it as a stage, it's going to impact how you approach what worship is. Now it's a show. If you think about it as a lobby, you're just waiting for service to start Mm -hmm. instead of engaging with the people in fellowship. Like language matters, man. And so... While, while this can sound really semantic and basically legalistic, I just, like, you don't have to use this language. Right. I'm not saying never call it a platform. No, call it a platform if you want. Um, you probably won't remember chancel. No, you're not going to remember chancel, and I get it. I, I, it's, it's language that has been passed down from the generations that we just don't use a lot in, in evangelical culture. Right. Um, but I really want us to think through the language that we use to describe the worship space, because I think it does communicate for us some of our values. Yes. And and that matters. It really matters. You've been Googling something. I don't know. You're, what are you looking up? You're trying to find something? Yeah, I was looking up the chance. The, I Googled chancel. I was looking at pictures of chancels. Yeah. It's just the front part of a church. <laughs> Is that where chancellor comes from? Yeah, that's all I found. I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know either. Is that where the chancellor comes from? Oh, well, you know. Gotta love etymology. Wow. This podcast episode is riveting. It's really taken a nerdy turn. You know what? Sometimes it's good to be a nerd. Sure. I like being a nerd. I'm never a nerd word. No? Word nerd. Nerd word. Word nerd. I'm none of them. (laughs) What was that? It was 
like you had a little short in the brain there and it just kept you know when you're listening to a cd if back in the day when you listen to cd and the cd would skip i think it just skipped i think that was a word nerd nerd word 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 nerd nerd word word nerd that was fantastic. I can't breathe. Oh, man. That was excellent. My brain could not listen to what my ear, my mouth was saying. Oh, that was great. Oh. That is the perfect way to end this episode. Um, listen, the big point of this, please consider what the space and what our words about the space mean and why it's important. And when you come to worship, I mean, you were just here this past weekend. When you come again next weekend, ask the question, what is this teaching me about God? What is this teaching me about my relationship to others? And and why do words matter? Like, if you've always called it a stage, ask the question, is that affected in any way how I'm approaching worship? Right. Um, if you call it a lobby, ask the question, is that affected the way you, maybe you don't need to use the old timey words, but you know, rotunda is a great word. It's different. It just, it's just different. It's an architectural mm -hmm. term, but it's not a lobby, you know? Right. So think through these things. It's not a legalistic thing. I'm not going to get mad at you if you call it a platform or a stage, knock yourself out. Just think about what you're saying and what's behind those words. Yeah. And we're not trying to be super critical of other people's like every, every church. And we all know this has the worship space that God has gifted them with. Yeah. And they do the best that they can with that Facts. space. And some of those spaces just don't have windows. It's and there's nothing that they can do. Nothing. But, but, you know, just, I don't know. Just think about Leave it. Leave the lights on. Just, well. That's my personal, my, yeah. my personal two cents. Light is good. Light is good. Light is Let good. me see my people. All right. Well, that was so, a fun episode. Yeah. I like that. That was good. I had a good time in Arizona at church. You had a good time in Florida at church. I did. I will go back. There you go. Me too. Well. You know, my mom's moving from Arizona. So you might never summer. go I back. I might never go back. But that's okay. It was a great time. Pastor Scott down at that church. Well done, sir. And to all his team and all that. So uh, that's it for today. This is yeah. the end of the episode. I don't... Jeff's well, not here. He I don't doesn't know. know. He tells us what season it is, oh, what episode it is. Well, this I do know because it's early on. So I'm not, I'm not lost yet. This oh, has okay. been <laughs> season 15, which is still mind-blowing to me. Yes. Season 15, episode 2. We're not very far okay. this season, so I'm able to We're count still to on two. one hand. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. Okay. All right. Bye. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mikey Antonucci and Jeff DiMatti. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.